pretty toxic, heavy conscience weighing on my soul. Six shots in my revolver when I'm on my own. Play this song on the first day I am gone. I do not want you to cry. Legends never die. I hope our stories told and the years spent on that road. Before they came to hey, Ryan, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, brother? Not much. So I'm up here. I'm recording, doing everything. How's that? How's working everything been this morning? Oh, not too bad. On the roof. You're what? On the roof. On the road? On the move? No, on the roof. Oh, on the roof. Oh, hell yeah. Wait, um, so wait, do you, do you, Russ, or he's not working on roofing anymore. I was going to say, did you guys ever do any work together or anything like that? Yeah, he worked for, for my ex-father-in-law for a little while, and then I left, and I think he stayed with him for a couple of weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, thanks for hopping on this, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know we're finally going to talk some Strongman stuff. It's kind of nice to get a little taste of uh, something else besides CrossFit weightlifting and, and all that jazz. So, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, so we'll get started, though. So how'd you, how'd you like, find your, yeah, I guess, your love for, for Strongman and everything? Hello? Oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> Shit. Call failed. We'll try it again. <clears throat> Fucker. Oh. Hey, lost you. Rough service. I don't know. I don't know if it was my phone or whatever, but um, can you hear me okay now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sweet. But yeah, so no, like, how? so how did you get um, started in Strongman? Like, what was your whole reason for getting into it and everything? Well, you know, like like most of us that are in the sport, grew up watching it on TV, and back when it was, you know, it was on ESPN2 at random hours of the fucking day, and or night, and whenever I caught it when I was a kid, I, you know, I was pretty just, I was just interested in, in watching it. It was like unlike anything I'd ever seen, as, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, you know, they flip through the channel, they see some guy picking up a fucking car, then, you know, they're going to stop watching for a little while. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Literally, bro. So I, I always watched it as a kid, you know, and uh, then I got into the gym at like 15 and, and really loved being in the gym and, and and but there's nothing like that around here. Like I didn't think for a second that you know I, I'd ever see a strongman person, a strongman contest in person, let alone ever compete in a contest. So in my town in Bath, we do a a big Fourth of July festival with there's all kinds of shit going on, and it's a big deal in town. And and I came up with the idea. I think I was in my oh, I was 21, I think. Um, and I came up with the idea that I wanted to do my, fuck it, I'll, I'll just do my own strongman contest because, mm-hmm. you know, there weren't any around. So you started your own, I, basically? What's that? So you started your own, was it like, um, was it sanctioned in any way, shape, or form? I'm not sure, like, what the like the official rules are for a strongman and everything, but did you have to have, like, any sort of sanction for it? Or you're just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do this this competition, basically, here and put it on um, for anyone that well, wants to do it? I'll, I'll get to that, that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um so I, you know, on the internet, fucking dial-up. Yeah. <laughs> so, and oh, we did, and so we, I found a, a forum called Morande Muscle, which was the forum that all the strongman, the amateur strongman athletes 
and a lot of the pro athletes would get on to communicate and and define shit because back then it was before it was even before fucking MySpace. So <laughs> oh my god, it was all it was all done with forums and and shit like that. So um, I stumbled on this guy Dana Genesio who lives in Augusta, which is about forty five minutes from where I live, mm-hmm. and he was looking to get a strongman training group together and be, and prep for a comp that he was putting on in Augusta. Okay. So this was probably in, I think in the wintertime, and the comp was in the spring. And he had been competing out of state and, and doing some things, and he had some equipment in his basement. And so I got on the forum, and I, I messaged him, and, and we kind of went back and forth. And then my training partner and I went, we just we got in his car and went to train with him on, on Saturday. And back then it was it was invite only. You went, you got you know, you got to train. If they if you didn't pan out, you didn't fucking go back. That's the type of guys these were in the basement. That's awesome. So we got there scared shitless. Because you know, I was used to being with, you know, the the strongest or second strongest guy in the gym. Mm-hmm. So were, gym. were you pretty big were you pretty big at that point or I mean uh, did you start putting I was, on size or probably like two two fifteen. I'm only five six. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was a good sized kid, mm-hmm. and I thought I was strong. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Dana's basement, and I found out that I wasn't that fucking strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> training with these guys for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then we he did the first comp um, up in Augusta, Central Main Strongman, which is the first comp I did, mm-hmm. and um, it was 13 years ago. Yep. And uh, then I put on my own that following Fourth of July, and we just kind of got the ball rolling from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I owe Dana a lot for, you know, introducing the sport to me, you know, in Maine. Yeah. A lot of people kind of, they're new to the sport now in the state. They, I, I kind of get credit for for building this thing, but it was really it was Dana's and and Elliot's story on the Westbrook that really started the sport in the state. Yeah. That's amazing. So, is Central is is Central Main Strongman? Is that still an event? Is um, I mean, what events are still available like now, or what uh, events Central are Central Main Central Main Strongman is the longest running uh, amateur strongman competition in the country. No shit, really. It's run every spring for the last thirteen years up until well this spring because of this fucking shit. But yeah, dude, um, it's, it's so it's fucked been up. Scheduled for October. Uh huh. And I competed at every single Central Maine Strongman. Um, and last year, I retired at Central Maine Strongman. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that contest means a lot to me. I mean, I put on, Christ, I don't know how many comps now, but mm-hmm. I've been putting on comps for 13 years too. And But Central Maine is, a, is a, an important comp to me. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I have to get out and like go like watch some of them. I've, I have like... I mean, I've, like, done some of the movements and, like, fucked around with some of the movements and um, events with, like, some of my friends and stuff. But uh, what what are all the events in Strongman, basically? I mean, well, is there a select few or is it, does it always vary? Um, it, you know, the, it should vary every comp. I mean, there's so many different events to pick from. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, there's, you know, there's always a press event. There's always, there's always a deadlift event. At least it should always be a deadlift event. And if you want to call yourself a fucking Strongman comp, you, you have to deadlift in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, you know, two moving events and there's usually, you know, stones or, or something to that, to that effect. Um, but, you know, people are, are changing events and, and coming up with new ways to do things. And so it keeps the sport fresh. And, and that's what's great about Strongman 
I love powerlifting. I grew up in powerlifting. Yep. But it's three lifts. It's exactly. always those same three lifts. Mm-hmm. And training for powerlifting is just like punch yourself in the dick every day. Yeah, it's no, literally, I, I feel that. It's, it's so boring, dude, weightlifting, powerlifting. I mean, I've been doing, I've been training like super total this year, and it's been five times like more interesting to me as of lately, just because I'm not doing snatch and clean jerk all the time, doing like squat, bench, deadlift, and yada, yada. But <clears throat> I mean, I guess the nice thing was a strongman, like you said, there's like so much variety and there's so many different things you can do and so many different ways to test yourself. So it's like when you hit a big lift on, on something new, you know, that's always exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and like, you know, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many different varieties of, of each event that you can, you can choose from. Um, you know, you can, you, you have one piece of equipment, you can get three or four events out of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, switching it up and, and then you, you know, you pay attention to the other comps in the area and you kind of try to pick things that are, that are different from what other people are doing. So I'll get people, you know, nobody wants to do the same competition fucking multiple times. Right, exactly. It happens, but it, it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are there are there events that, like, in our area that are in any way, shape, or form kind of particularly, like, limited just because of what's available for equipment? Or does that does that happen usually? Or do we have, um, like, most of everything? In the, in the state of Maine, <laughs> I, I will say that I have – have enough equipment. There's enough equipment in the state of Maine to run. I mean, I ran three comps a year and then there was two other ones a year. So we're running five comps a year in the state of Maine. And we have the equipment to do, you know, to, to make those, every one of those events different. Mm-hmm. Every one of those competitions is different because luckily we have access to, to different pieces of equipment. Yeah. Either it's the made stuff that we've had. Um, you know, most of the things that we have in in Maine, somebody's made them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, it, it's important that you know to be able to switch things up and keep everything fresh. Absolutely. So we're lucky that way. And and you would think because we're in Maine, you know, it's not a, there isn't a big strength sports community up in Maine, but there is, and there has been for years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what what would you say, like, kind of the. Uh... The adoption of strongman in, in Maine is like now. And where do you where do you see like the growth going from here? Like how do how do we get more people into it? Well, to be honest, unfortunately, I, when I stepped away, I really stepped away. So um, <laughs> right do more now, competitions, I bro. I, that's my plan. Now that I'm back in Maine, mm-hmm. um, I went up to Arizona for a while, and, mm-hmm. and now I'm back. And I think I, you know, I. I love the sport and I, I put a lot of work in growing the sport and I don't oh, fuck yeah, want to see it. Yeah. I don't want to see it turn into something that it shouldn't be. Exactly. Um, but, you know, there, you know, Rick Smith down in Sanford, he does a really good job putting on comps. Um, and, and Dana and Gina, uh, LaMonaco, they still put on central Maine. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was in charge of Maine's strongest man, um, which is the overall strongest, man, the strongest, Strongman competition in the state. Yeah, and you know, where I stepped away from the sport last year, it didn't get run this year. So that's something that I want to bring back um, at a pretty big scale if I can. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, what, which event was that? That wasn't able to happen. Strongest man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, that sounds. I mean, the title of it sounds like freaking awesome. So, and just out of curiosity, so uh, 
now in terms of like affiliation for events and like in terms of qualifying for different events, like I, I was actually watching um, Eddie Hall's documentary yesterday and man, dude, that just gave me like such a new found respect for like strongman. I didn't realize like some of the stuff like that these people put them through. I mean, honestly, the whole training, I mean, it seems, it seems five times harder. Like as a weightlifter, it's about, you know, trying to stay at a certain weight, but obviously as a strongman, there's no weight class really, is there? No, there is. There's at the amateur level, there's there's weight classes at the pro level. Was at the pro level, there's weight classes. But when you watch World's Strongest Man, it doesn't even matter. Or the Arnold, they're like you're watching that. the heavyweight guys. Yeah, that's all anybody wants to see. No one yeah. gives a shit what little guys are doing. I'm sorry, <laughs> for the little guy out there, you listen to this. No one gives a shit what you're doing. Yeah, no, honestly, Everyone, you, you, yeah. You know, always had this quote. You always go to you go to the circus to see the freaks. Exactly, bro. And that's how it is. You know, that's growing up. That's you know, that's what I watched, and that's what attracted me to sport is seeing these guys, you know, they're all over 300 pounds, and mm-hmm. they're moving mass amounts of weight. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, there's, a, there's a ton of guys that weigh 180 pounds out there that are strong as fuck, mm-hmm. but I don't want to fucking watch it. Exactly, because they're not, they're not, they're not going to lift as much as the guy that weighs 450, 500 pounds. I mean, honestly, people watch things or people pay attention to things because it's either spectacular amazing or it's just downright like absolutely just fucking stupid you know what i'm saying yeah like it's it's either one or the other you got to be on one side of the spectrum and it's going to be it's got to be to the extreme it doesn't it doesn't matter like like you said no one does care really about so much look i like even in weightlifting you know just in the small niche communities i mean no one's talking about the little guy that's you know doing i mean double triple body weight or whatever unless he's lifting a shit ton of weight which there are some people like that, but I mean, yeah. frankly, no one gives a shit. Like, I don't know what all the little weight classes are, like for weightlifting. I know, I know the big ones, bro. I know my yeah. weight class. I mean, I know Russ's because I mean he's like good coach and friend and everything. But beyond that, I don't really know of anything or give a shit about anything else, just because I mean they're not really lifting that much weight, and I don't care. Well, and that's yeah. the thing is that you bring up Russ. Mm-hmm. Russ well, came in fucking third in nationals. Yeah. Fucking crazy. And it was up here in Maine, no one gave a shit. I mean, it was fucking crickets. Yeah. It was, it, it was, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really, it, it, it's, it's a little pathetic that mm-hmm. up here in the state, the kid accomplished something really fucking cool, and mm-hmm. it was fucking crickets up here. Yeah. And not, so I, I go, and I win a world championship in Vegas for powerlifting, mm-hmm. and Pound for pound, Russ is probably stronger than I am. Mm-hmm. But I got back here, I got newspaper articles, and the, the fucking state of Maine gave me a state cinnamon award that I got from the fucking governor. <laughs> and me. I showed up fucking still, still drunk from the night before to the, to the, to the Capitol, getting an award from the fucking governor of the state of Maine for going, awesome. and winning, uh, yeah, for going and just and picking shit up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Russ... Probably, like I said, there's probably, you know, pound for pound at what he does. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot better power than Ross, but mm-hmm. no one gave a shit. And it, and mm-hmm. it, it bothered me. It, it really pissed yeah. me off. It's crazy. I think but, it's also, I don't know what it is with Russ, and I'm always talking to him about it. I'm like, dude, you got to, you, because he knows a lot. And he's, I'm like, dude, oh, you yeah. got to get your, you got to get, try to establish some sort of audience and, and social media audience for yourself, but he just doesn't put any effort into it. And I'm telling him like, dude, you know so much, you have so much value that you could deliver just in terms of knowledge. You just really need 
to put yourself out there for it, you know? And I feel like maybe that's part of the issue, but I don't know. Oh, and, I, and I told Russ, I have a lot of respect for Russ, um, for what he knows. And he's, yeah. He probably is the most... The kid knows his shit. Mm-hmm. And I've been around, around lifting for over 20 years now. Yep. And Russ is one of the most intelligent coaches that, there, that I've dealt with. He just mm-hmm. knows the ins and outs of all this shit. Yeah, and he's he's a valuable asset to have to anybody that wants to get into weightlifting or, or any of that. And I think that um, the fact that he's not making more money at this, the fact that he's not a bigger deal, um, uh-huh. it's 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 pretty shitty, really. Yeah. But that's also that you know it's a little on him, and it's a little on the fact that where we are. I mean, yeah. you know the the weightlifting world in the state of Maine is. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, yeah. It's it's there's it's it's so small. Yeah. It's so small. It's like. It, it, it's so small. It's really just a handful of people, really. I mean, I mean that really try and take it seriously. It's myself. It's Russ. Um, I mean, a couple of Russ's friends. I mean, Paul. I mean, Brandon Lab. I mean, my buddy Zach. But I mean, he's kind of switching. He's been doing powerlifting as of lately. But I mean, beyond that, I, well, there are a couple of people up in Bangor that are actually pretty good at it too. I can't leave them out. But. Yeah. Um, it's uh yeah it's it's just too bad man it's just a, it's a small audience for weightlifting um new england as a whole in general like even maine down stretch down to massachusetts it's pretty small um yeah but i mean it could it, it definitely could be bigger i think a lot of people in massachusetts are starting to do it just because the thing is it's so funny about people in massachusetts there are a bunch of people that just really aren't that good at it um and i hate to say that but uh but I don't know. That's that's everywhere. I mean, there are only a handful of people that are really good at the sport. And just weightlifting, it's it's such a freaking struggle, dude. Like, I have days where I can't clean jerk 275, and then I have days where I can, you know, it could be the next day, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, I can clean jerk almost 340 pounds again. It's like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? It's like golf. <laughs> it's not consistent, you know? Like, powerlifting, I mean, or uh, just any sort of basic compound movement, I know I can... Um, basically come within, you know, if I really wanted to on a regular basis, I could probably hit 90% of my one rep max every single day. I mean, not that you'd want to do that, but I'm saying like, I could confidently yeah, like do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there are times for it and, and all that jazz. But, um, I'll oh, speak of that. So, uh, in terms of training for strongman, like what's the best approaches? Like, I mean, do you focus on training for one event or, or like, how do you approach your training? Like, or what's the best in your opinion, what's the best way to train for strongman, I guess? Well, I might not be the best guy to answer that. And that's only because I did strongman for like, 13 years. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I was also competing in powerlifting and highland games. Yeah. On a, on a very regular basis. I mean, one, one year between the three. I've been around, I think it's 107 comps total. Mm-hmm. In one year, I competed 22 22 times in a year. 22 times, 20, bro? Holy yeah, shit. between the three sports. How do you even compete? So, that's like that's like a competition every two weeks. Or like... Yeah, pretty, pretty fucking close. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. And so I, when I, in my training, I would try to focus... You know, I want to keep my bench up and my squat and my deadweight for, for powerlifting. At the same time, I wanted... I had to keep my overhead strong for, for strongman. And then mm-hmm. I had to be able to move a little bit, for, you know, for strongman. I had to be able to, you know, keep... A dynamic base for for Highland games and strongman. So it was trying to mesh all three sports together um, 
I don't I don't know if I did it correctly because I'm in the shape that I'm in now. But my the way that I approach my training was different than the way that I would ever suggest anyone ever do. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me about that, I just basically tell them, don't do what the fuck I did <laughs> because it's not going to get you anywhere. That's all good. Well, hey, which is because, uh, hey, by process of elimination, hey, don't do this. So I guess what would you tell them not to do? I guess. And I know I'm you know, not to bring up Russ again, but mm-hmm. I see, you know, in the gym with him, he, I could just see him pulling his fucking hair and watching me train. Because yeah. he's so <laughs> calculated and everything, you know, and everything that he programs, everything he has, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's all, it's pretty specific and it's really, it's pretty much right on point. And then there's me just. Fuck it. Every night. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. I'll do whatever I feel like doing. Freestyling. What are you doing? I'm freestyling. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it worked for me, though. I mean, I was successful in what I was doing. I mean, I probably could have been more successful had I stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. And being staying healthy would mean that I'd have to change the way I fucking trained, and I wasn't willing to do that. So, yeah. you know, it's a, I lived by my sword, and I fucking died by it. So. Yeah. But, hey, at least, at least I mean, at least, you know, when it comes, it comes to training in general, I feel like most people don't really get strong because they put this mental barrier on themselves as to think, you know, how much they can lift. Um which I feel like could be honestly more detrimental to you than actually being able to push yourself in some way, shape or form. I mean, if you do it for too long, obviously you're going to burn out. I mean, we're not fucking Superman. Um, yada, yada, because I mean, eventually you'll overtrain, you'll get too fatigued and then you'll like burn out like a candle and, and yeah, you know, but, um, I think it's, it's definitely, you definitely need to have someone that's willing to train and just put in, um, a hundred percent, but I guess also training hard is also being patient with the uh, the process. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing that with especially a lot of new lifters is they, they have this goal in mind and then mm-hmm. they try to achieve it too quickly. And if they don't get it quick enough, then that's then it's frustrating they, and they get pissed off. Yeah, they they give up or they put too much effort into it. Yeah, Absolutely. and it's you've got to be patient, which I wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, to an extent, I mean, I, I, I've been training for, for 21 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, in back, when I got into the gym, there weren't a whole lot of people to, to get information from. There's no fucking YouTube. There's no fucking Instagram. Which Way that's back a whole when, thing, yeah. right? Which, fuck Instagram and, and YouTube. <laughs> the Instagram experts can fucking fist themselves. <laughs> Because, you know, you get a, a young, and it, it's been, those those outlets have been really helpful for the sport. Yeah. In, in general, and strength sports in general, and pretty much fucking anything, really. Yeah. But it's also been detrimental as fuck because there's because anyone can nobody do it. dipshits that, that yeah. think they know shit, mm-hmm. and they might look a certain way or, or act a certain way, yep. and it gets people's attention, and they follow them, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, fuck, this guy really knows his shit. Well, look it up, because this motherfucker hasn't done anything. Yeah. But post fucking Instagram videos, mm-hmm. and exactly. a lot of young lifters getting into the sport, they stumble on these people, and they, you know, they take everything they they do and say as the fucking word of God, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it just fucks people up. Yeah, no, because like there's some. There's no, there's that. no regulation on that. You can go on Instagram and do what the fuck you want, and people will follow you, and somebody's gonna listen to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's something. There's definitely something to be said uh, about. <clears throat> you know, legitimacy, um, social media and stuff. But I mean, there definitely are some people out there that do deliver 
um, high valued stuff. But I mean, oh, honestly, but it's hard to stick yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, got... exactly. Mm-hmm. No, I was just, I was just gonna say, you go ahead. What's up? I was just gonna say, like, I mean. But it's definitely hard. Like, if you find someone that's maybe new, um, they don't really know who, like, the, I guess, how would you define it? Like, industry leaders are or knowledge um, leaders are in the sport that are 100% legitimate and that those are the good people to to follow. Um, but, you know, and it kind of makes me think, too, like, if we didn't have social media now, um, the people that you would find if, if they there wasn't any social media... Um, they're going to be five times more legitimate because people that are actually passionate about knowing stuff um, and just kind of, it's kind of like found through word of mouth. Um, there's kind of like something to be said about that, you know? So like back before there was internet and, and social media, you found, um, shit, I'm already forgetting his name. You found Dana. Is it's Dana, right? Yeah. Yeah. You found Dana. Yeah. You found him through what? Just word of mouth basically. No, it was on a forum. Um, I mean, it was it was the internet. I mean, oh, it was the dial-up internet, whatever. But that was yeah. different, though. Um, but luckily, I grew up in a gym, and I got involved with powerlifting. I didn't compete, but I used to do all the spotting loading when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I met all these guys. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, not Dana, but all the the, the powerlifters <laughs> and shit. So I knew who to ask advice from because I knew who they were. Yeah. But you had to you had to seek them out. It wasn't you know you couldn't just and you couldn't just send them a fucking text message or, or a private message or, or, anything. or DM or whatever. You had, to, you had to go talk to these fucking guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of these fucking guys, if you, if you just looked at them, you wouldn't walk up and fucking speak to because <laughs> yeah, they're fucking, you, and a lot of them you just didn't. Yeah. And, you know, being a 120 pound, 15 year old kid, it was pretty, you know, luckily I, I you know, I, I grew up around them. So they, they knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Had I not known who a lot of these guys were, I never would have spoken to them because yeah. I was afraid to get my fucking arms ripped off. Right. <laughs> but back then, but, but back then, powerlifting was a different sport too. At least, up, I mean, I can't speak for every area, but at least up here, we had guys up here that, I mean, you didn't know if you were walking into a powerlifting meet or a fucking prison yard. I mean, these guys are fucking badasses and they're all mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. And it was a different environment. Like it wasn't, you know, everyone clap your hands for this this guy going up there and doing the bar because he's here trying. No, these motherfuckers were up there, I mean, screaming, yelling, bleeding, throwing mm-hmm. shit. I mm-hmm. mean, the first, meet, the first meet I ever went to, I was 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, a fucking guys full dunking each other on the platform. <laughs> it, was, it was just all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's my, then my first introduction to strength sports was, was that meet. And that's mm-hmm. when I knew I fucking belonged in that sport because it was crazy. Yeah. But now you go to a pile of meat, and I, it's hard to even start to watch, for the most part. Like, but then you look; some of these guys are still in the sport, mm-hmm. and they're still fucking badasses. Yeah. But they're, they're you know few and far between now. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, we never got to really dive into this too much. But so in terms of like qualifying for, oh, right. like from beginning to start, like let's say someone everything went well you had this guy and he was gonna go from you know the very beginning all the way to winning the arnold what would what would that process be like in terms of qualifying for events what would you have to well, go through uh, the amateur comps have a novice class mm-hmm. and i would and i suggest i always suggest if it's your first comp you do the novice class mm-hmm. and the rule used to be that if 
you did one novice comp, then you had to go into the open class, your particular weight class. Mm-hmm. Now the rules have fucking changed, and you have to win. You can be a novice as long as you don't win a novice class. So you can be a novice for your own fucking life as long as you don't win. <laughs> Which I, mean, it, I hate that rule, but I can't yeah. get no about it. Yeah. So then you go into the open class, and then, again, I'm not trying to sound like back in my day, but, but in the, back when I started, NAS, North American Strongman was the only game in town for amateur strongman. Mm-hmm. And they had a gold-level comp, I mean, a silver-level comp, a gold-level comp, a platinum comp, and a platinum-plus comp. Wow. And with that came, I think if, if you, you had to take first in a gold comp to qualify for nationals or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you, and then I think the platinum, if you came in first, second, or third, then you got to go to nationals. But these comps were based off of the, you know, the promoter and based off from the actual competition itself with the, the competition with the athletes. And now that's, now there's two, I'm still the state rep for United States Strongman. NAS split into Strongman Corp and U.S. Strongman. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't really speak for what the rules are with Strongman Corp at the moment. I think they're basically the same, but I know USS, as it seems, if you show up to a fucking comp, you get to go to nationals. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it used to be, you know, it used to be something to be proud of getting an invite to nationals. Now, I think if you win an office class, you, you get an invite to nationals. If you come in first, second, or third, you get to go to nationals, even if there's three people in your fucking class. <laughs> and so, you know, nationals like last year, like 400 some fucking represented. Wow. Is that, is that a lot? Like, did it used to be marginally smaller? <clears throat> yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. And, and that was the other thing with the, the old rules were, I think in order to get an invite to nationals, there had to be more than four people in your class or something like that. Now, you know, you could be the only person in your weight class, depending on the comp and depending on the promoter, because most promoters won't just run one, a class with one liquor, but some do, and I've seen them, and it's fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. So you come in first, and you don't look in that class, now you get an invite to nationals. Mm-hmm. So then you get on in, in, on Instagram or, or you know, Twitter or any of these fucking things. <laughs> and everyone's posting their, oh, they qualified for nationals. We're neglecting to say that there was where they fucking qualified because they were posting their goddamn class. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's, it's been, that's how it's gone lately and it's, it's tough to, to deal with. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's getting more people into the sport, which is great. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the big show like that, it kind of diminishes it. it. Be, yeah. A little more selective. I mean, I know that the, the cream always rises to the top. Yep. There's always going to be the top guys crushing it at nationals. Yep. But at the same time, there's so much extra bullshit. Yeah. And I'm probably going to get shit for saying this because I, I made my, my point very clear. To That's all right, bro. The floor that, is yours. Let her rip. Let her no, I just mean rip. I know that I'm going to get shit if, you know, because I'm, I'm, a state, I'm a state rep. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm saying this is bullshit. <laughs> but I don't fucking care. <laughs> but then, so you, you, know, you qualify for nationals, and then I think for nationals, until you get to the Arnold, um, 
amateur comp. Mm-hmm. And if you win that, I believe you get invited to Arnold or some shit. But the Arnold's invite only. That's pretty cool. And World's Strongest Man is invite only. <clears throat> so what, you got to have some so the, sort of clout too, basically? or? Yeah, I mean, like anything, there's, there's politics involved, I'm sure. Um, I can't speak to that because I've never, I mean, obviously never made it to that level. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's invite only. I mean, so, I mean, take that for what it is. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they're, it's just interesting. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's interesting to hear about this. Um, cause there's so many different hoops you got to hop through at all these different levels. Um, at strongman. And it kind of seems like the path isn't, isn't there's so many different ways you can go about the path. So you got these basically two different divisions and then you can go from that division to a national level, national level, basically to a Arnold, um, basic, uh, amateur level. Um, and then if you do well there, then it's like beyond that, it's about getting invites and obviously um, within a combination of, of clout and everything. I mean, yeah. I mean, the strongest guys in the world are at these comps. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that they're picking and choosing, mm-hmm. but it's like basically I mean, you if you're good well. enough, you can't you can't be ignored if you're just freaking amazing. You know, that's exactly. Just, yeah, you, you know, you have to do well in the amateur. I mean, in the, in the pro comps and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I mean, the best guys in the world are the best guys in the world, and that's who's in those seats, mm-hmm. and they belong there. Right. <clears throat> so, do you find? And this is another thing I was thinking about. We'll talk about we'll talk about sizing, and you know, um, we'll talk about peds here. Um, so, I guess, like, what's your what's your experience been in terms of like seeing and just hearing people talk about it, like performing, enhancing drugs, like in the sport of strongman? Um, is this like almost <laughs> a necessity, basically? You think, like. Once it gets to a certain point, because you basically have these people. I mean, when you get to, you're in the point top, like what, 0.01%. You're like either Eddie Hall or you're Brian Shaw, basically. And you're just trying to lift the most fucking weight off the ground. It doesn't even matter about size anymore. It's just about who can pick up the most fucking weight, essentially. And if one guy is obviously using peds and um, you're not using it, then you're at a disadvantage. So it's basically almost just a way you know, to, to be on par with everyone else. Do you, would you say that? Absolutely. Um, you know, at that level, I'm not going to, I, I can't speak to what these guys do because I've, you know, I'm, I've seen it, but mm-hmm. you know, you, the rings on the fucking wall. And at the amateur level, you know, we're not a drug tested sport. Yeah. I mean, all the way through, like all divisions of strong men, they don't drug test yada, yada. I, I think there's a drug tested, Strongman Federation, mm-hmm. but no one's ever fucking heard of it. You know why? Because <laughs> no one gives a fuck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, you know, I can't speak to anybody else's decision on that. I can only talk about my own. Mm-hmm. And I had made the. I wanted to do steroids since I was fucking fifteen. Mm-hmm. So it was gonna happen. Yeah. But I, you know, my mom. Because my mom's the reason. My mom's the one that dragged me to that power with me to begin with, and then she realized that she fucked up because I loved it. <laughs> Mom, I love this. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I was afraid. I was afraid. I, I thought you'd hate it. <laughs> the look on her face when this uh, one of the one of the lifters. I think it was like a nine hundred pound squat, headbutt of the bar, blood fucking everywhere. <laughs> and I looked over at my mom, and I, this is my mom. The moment my mother realized that she fucked up, <laughs> because I was going. I was. This is where I was headed. Yeah. Whether she fucking liked it or not. 
Mm-hmm. So but anyway, I promised her that I wouldn't touch steroids until I turned 30. Yeah. I kept my promise, and on my 30th birthday, <laughs> fucking bam. Boom. How, what? And the reason for that mm-hmm. was... I just fucking wanted to. Yeah. I mean, to be honest. I mean, what was that like? Being... It's like an experiment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like nothing that you, I could really describe to somebody that's never done it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, say they're addicting. It's not, I don't think they're addicting, but the feeling, it's, it's pretty Just the progress? Different. It's like the progress that you see, basically. Absolutely. But the, Do you feel anything I mean, like, I, different on the inside? Mm, uh I, I, it just feels I mean, it, it put me in a better mood mm-hmm. most of the time um, and then I, I did some training and that was the exact opposite of that mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was later on but I, mean, I, I wasn't taking a lot I was, I was taking a pretty small dose mm-hmm. and it, it made a huge difference like a small dose yep. and me being me the way that I am with one's good fucking ten's better mm-hmm. so luckily I was with uh, my my ex, mm-hmm. um, who controlled all of that shit. Yeah. She made sure that I never took more than I was supposed to, because I can't give myself a meal because I'm fucking terrified of them. Yeah, fuck that, dude. I haven't had oh, a shot since I'm, I, since my junior year in high school. I have not had a shot, I, and I'm going on 25 years old. I haven't had a shot. I don't think in seven or eight years. Yeah, I I can't I can't deal with it. So luckily that was another thing because I I knew I couldn't do it myself. <laughs> so she mm-hmm. would keep everything uh, keep track of everything to make sure I wasn't doing what I was supposed to yep. so that I think helped me out because I think I probably would have gone a little nuts with it yep. um, but as far as at a competitive level I think I was more successful when I was off to be honest uh, but I was younger and, and healthier My, I didn't turn anything off yet yeah and when I got on, I mean, I got, I got a lot bigger and a lot stronger. I mean, I moved up the weight class. That's for fucking sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I did them for about five years. Um, mm-hmm. I've been off now for about a year. I actually just bought some shit. So I'll be back on. Because <laughs> <shortly. laughs> oh I'm coming out of retirement. But, Let's go. Um, Don't I mean, stop, I, man. It definitely helps. It definitely helps in sport. <clears throat> there are guys that are just as strong, if not stronger, clean than guys that are on. I mean, it, a lot of it has to do with genetics, the way you train, the way you eat. Yep. Nothing was in there. You're not, you're not going to stick that needle in your ass and be a world champion in, in no. any weeks. That's not how it works. No. Nope. And, you know, to say they're cheating, if it's not a drug test of the Federation, fuck you, I'm not cheating. You have, you know, you have it's not to do the same thing. That's a, that's a choice that you make. If you're taking, if you're taking shit and competing in a drug test of Federation, you're a fucking prick. Yeah. So, <laughs> Exactly. But other than that, it's, it's it's your decision to do it. And if you, you know, if you decide to do it, great. If you don't, then that's that's more power to you. But can you get as strong as possible non steroids? No, not in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So, like, just just to get a little, a little bit more specific. So, in terms of like the progress that you started making when you like started like peds, basically, was it immediate? Like, was it within the first week or? No, what no, no, no. I didn't really start noticing much until about six weeks. I mean, strength gains anyway, because I continued to train the same way. I didn't, I didn't just start overloading the bar because I was on shit. I, mean, <laughs> I just progressed as I went, and, and you know, it, it definitely helps with recovery and 
it helped me sleep. A lot of guys don't. I mean, there's different shit mm-hmm. that people take, and but it helped me sleep. I recovered faster. My appetite was better. I had more energy. Um, it just, I just felt better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the only way to describe it. And I, you know, I, and obviously I got stronger. Yeah. I mean, I put on about 20 pounds the first cycle I took, which is a 10, in about 10 weeks. What's a cycle like? Is it what you're sticking a needle in your ass every single week, or? Uh, well, it depends on what you're doing and what you know your goals are, and you know, I I would I would inject twice a week. Holy shit! Did you just did you just get used to the needle? No, not me. Never. Never. Not one time. Fuck. Nope. I would get anxiety before every shot, and I put it off to the last possible minute, and. Jesus. It's for me anyway. You know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do get used to it, but I, I couldn't. Was it fast? I mean, obviously yeah, you're not sure. the one doing it, but it's just like, okay, yeah. honey, here it goes, and you're like, oh shit. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> God damn, that's crazy. So, but again, that's that's just me. I mean, a lot of guys can do it without, a, you know. Yeah, like without even batting an eye or whatever. Yeah. Fuck that. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's insane. It's always interesting to hear because I've never actually heard like a firsthand experience from someone of uh, of someone that's actually used PEDS before. But it's just because like weightlifting, um, just because like in general, like USAW is so drug tested and everything. It's not like it's not really possible. I mean, there are, there are ways to get around it and yada, yada. But I mean, yeah. in the US, in the United States, it's basically impossible. I mean, other countries, different story, you know, different oh, federations, yeah. et cetera. And, um, but I think not trying to take away from strongman here, but when it comes to weightlifting, um, just because, you know, things are so regulated here, I I almost think it's because, you know, the popular sports here in America, it's obviously baseball. It's it has nothing to do with strength sports. It has everything to do with, you know, football, basically like all of our, if we had all of our athletes that played football doing weightlifting or even fucking strongman, dude, we'd probably be the most superior country by far in all of our strength sports i bet i think i was actually looking at something the other day like every football player for the most part maybe with the exception of um the smaller guys on the field can you know they have the potential to clean like for over 440 pounds yeah it's fucking nuts to think about those guys are just on another level and then you just see them toying around weights they'll be wearing fucking trainers just toying around 365 pounds like on a power yeah. clean from the hang, it's just fucked up, and I'm just like, shit, I can't even clean that yet. They're just on another level, man. Fucking crazy. So, what would you say? Here's a random question. Um, who's your favorite like strongman athlete? Or I guess, um, yeah, we'll start with that. Bill Kazmaier. Bill Kazmaier. Yeah. What's he like? Um, well, he's a three-time world strongest man back in the '80s. Mm-hmm. And that the, my first experience with the sport was seeing him on TV squatting sh- big showgirls. That was the first thing I that's when I was flipping the channels. I saw that and I was like, "Holy shit!" Wait, he was squatting was what? Awesome. Showgirls? Uh, Vegas, Vegas showgirls sitting that's on a platform on top of him. Beast mode. Squatting. That's beast mode. And I've you know I've the dude's been my fucking arrow ever since I started watching the sport. Um, mm-hmm. With. I consider him the best of all time. Is he the strongest of all time? Absolutely fucking not. Mm-hmm. But just fucking cool. a legend in the sport. Yeah. So what would you say? I mean, we touched on this a little bit. Um, best memory 
in the strongman sport, would you say, personally? Well, it, I'd like to say it was, you know, things that I've won or things that I've accomplished <clears throat> myself physically, but to be 100% honest, the, the, the thing that I am the most uh, proud of and the things that I, I cherish about my time in the sport mm-hmm. is the relationships I've made in the sport. Yeah. I mean, I have lifelong friends now that I met in the sport. Mm-hmm. And the sport's afforded me an opportunity to meet my fucking heroes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Bill Kazmaier. Yep. I met I met Bill, we went to the Arnold. Yep. And my buddy Elliot is is friends with him. Yeah. So we went met him. We ended up having dinner with him. No shit. With him, hung, hung over the weekend. That's fucking so, sick. And then you know we went to the, the the Arnold after party with everybody, like I mean everybody you can imagine. Wait, the Arnold and has was, a party? They well, it's it's the kind of this after party at the hotel that they all stay in. That's fucking sick. And it's just basically when everyone's done competing and stuff. Yeah, and it's all the athletes and fucking us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hung with Eddie Hall. And it being pizza with Kazmaier and Brian Shaw at 4 a.m. in the lobby of that fucking hotel. Just That's so dope, dude. Oh, my God. And oh. that's probably my favorite night, moment. And it, it all stems from who I met in the sport, which is with Elliot. Elliot is the one that got that whole <laughs> night together for us. And it was pretty fucking awesome. That is. What you then, guys... Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> and then when... No, go ahead. I was going to say, so what did you guys talk about? What did you guys talk about, like, at 4 o'clock in the morning just eating food? Were you even thinking about anything else or just, like, hungry or just, like, drinking or well, what? Like, what was the dynamic? We, we've been drinking, obviously, but, I mean, Brian, I don't think had anything to drink. But <laughs> He seems like such a nice dude. Is he really 100% like that? Oh, he really is. He's, he's, he's one of the nicest people I've met in the sport. He's, and it was the night that he won, he won his Arnold. Mm-hmm. So... We're hanging out with a guy that just won the fucking Arnold, <laughs> and you wouldn't know you wouldn't know that. Yeah. So, Kazmaier wants pizza, so we ordered pizza, and the bar had shut down, so we were down in the lobby shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. And the pizza shows up, and I go to pay. Yeah. And Kazmaier goes, "No, put your money away." I'm like, "No, no, Bill, I got like, no, I got this." And he said, "No, fuck that." He just he just won two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Make him fucking pay. Yeah. <laughs> he, made, he made Brian Shaw buy his fucking pizza at four after winning the Arnold. Uh, that's fucking awesome. But Bill, so when when we obviously you know Blackbridge, mm-hmm. we I talked to Jesse and, and Ross and those guys, and, and they brought me in, and I brought all my strong man and Pollen's shit in there. Mm-hmm. So to to celebrate the kind of grand opening of Blackbridge Barbell. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Kazmaier. Yep. Kazmaier came in and hung out for the weekend. Him and I like shot some promo videos and shit. It was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And then he did a meet and greet the next day. We had, I think we had, I don't know, sixty people there or so. Yep. And he just and he just hung out and took pictures and and everyone trained. Well, everyone, but my Saturday training group still. I still kept the training group going. They came in and trained and he went around and. And gave him all tips and 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 all this shit and it was it was awesome and, and everyone in that room got something out of that day yeah. and I was able to share that with them because of the relationship I built in the sport. So 
they're they're benefiting now from from me benefiting from the sport. So that was probably you know another special moment in my strongman career. And then we got to do the Savickas in November uh-huh. to come and do a a seminar. Mm-hmm. And you know he flew in and we hung out at dinner. We hung out with him for the weekend. He came in and, and did a seminar. And then we did an after dinner with him and, and all you know, everyone in the group. Which again, fucking amazing. Yeah. And then we had Rob Cherry. I remember that. I remember seeing him. I was like, no shit. I remember like walking in a gym that weekend and seeing him there. I'm like, and I just saw him. I think he was, I walked in, he was doing deadlifts. And he's just like fucking throwing the weight around like it's nothing. I was just like, holy yeah, he, shit. And actually, that was actually the first time I'd ever heard of him. And, yeah. and like, and like talk to him, but I was just blown away, you know. Like you walk in the gym and he's he's gonna rainbow mohawk pulling eight hundred pounds back to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this motherfucker's a boss, and I was just like, damn. So that was that was freaking awesome, though. He was a really down to earth, nice guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I can't well, remember. You know, I can't remember when that was. What was that? Like a year ago? It was like uh, last June. That's pretty cool that he came up to Maine. Is he from New England? I th- I thought he... He lives in Massachusetts. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's pretty cool. Man, it's too bad we don't have Blackbridge anymore. Yeah, that I miss spot. that. It's a really beautiful spot. Up. Honestly, like, just driving over that bridge every every morning, like, early in the morning, just to, like, catch a lift there is the freaking... It's the most beautiful thing ever. I'm gonna miss it. Yep, absolutely. But, um... Anyway, so now now you're thinking about coming out of retirement. When are you going to start training again? Tomorrow, Monday. Let's fucking go. What are you going to start with? Uh, I don't know. We got some stuff. Uh, you know, the neighbor has some shit in their garage with all this mm-hmm. fucking quarantine shit. Yeah, dude, this sucks. Gym, so. What do you think of the whole COVID-19 business? The what? The whole COVID-19 business situation going on right now. No, I don't fucking know. I can't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, People I don't think know. they know. I don't fucking know. I just I don't know anything I mean, about it either. Be, I don't know how to feel. I feel really weird. I just feel like everything's really strange. I mean, the only thing that, that's changed for me, to be honest, is you know you can't go to eat and shit. Yeah, it's, the bars aren't open. Yeah, that strip, sucks. The strip clubs not even open. God damn it, bro! The strip <laughs> clubs open up the fucking titty bars. Come on. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I'm I'm still working, and it and I do construction. It's not like I'm you know, I'm not a fucking doctor or nurse or anything. Yeah. So I still go to work every day. We come home, and you know, I mean, I, I you know, trying to be as safe as possible. But I never really went out grocery shopping anyway, so this wasn't. It's <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you don't do grocery but, shopping? Wait, what? Like, what do you eat then, bro? I well, usually, well, I used to. My ex used to go and do all that shit. I never did any of that. Oh, okay. Or I just order food. When it was my turn to cook, I would just order food. So now it's basically I just order food. <laughs> What's your favorite place to order? I'm a big Chinese guy, which probably should be in Chinese food in the middle of shit, but whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Dude, I love Chinese food. I like any, any like Chinese food with chicken, sesame chicken is personally my favorite. The way to go, I think that stuff's the fucking bomb off the wall. <laughs> but, um, anywho, well. But no, when, when, you know, the gyms open back up and I, I guess kind of, you know, pick a gym now. Mm-hmm. And just get back at it. I mean, I've been really haven't done anything in a year. Yeah, I feel like shit. I mean, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've been injured for probably the last five years. 
What what were your injuries? Like, if you had of, like, how many injuries have you had? Well, well, see, I tore my rotator cuff. I I tore both biceps off, and didn't get them reattached. Ew, bro, fucking a. What is? I've seen shit like that, like with bodybuilders doing it, on Netflix and stuff, and yeah. they say it's a popping sensation. It's like watching a. It, it, the, the best way I can describe it is a wet world being ripped in half. Ew, bro. Fuck. Is it? Is it painful? It's got to be painful, obviously. It's a dumb question, but... Pretty painful. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean basically, it's, you're ripping the tendon off. Oh, my God. And I did, like, the first bicep I tore off was at a powerlifting and deadlifting. Mm-hmm. Really? And that sucked. I knew, it, I knew what it was exactly. Even though the MC, Sean Mendelson, Scott Mendelson's sister was the MC of that comp at the meet. And as, mm-hmm. I, as soon as I heard it, I mean, everyone in the room heard it. Oh, and she fuck, was on the mic dude. and she's like, oh, she's like, oh, shit, there's a torn bicep. <laughs> and I had, big I had elbow sleeves on. I had elbow sleeves on so you couldn't see it. You uh-huh. could just hear it. Oh, and there's a woman in the front row and she got up and she puked in her hand. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> oh, fuck. And her boyfriend or husband or whatever was falling into the bathroom and I was like, oh, fuck, did I do that? And, the, and he turned around and he's like, oh, yeah, dude. So I made a chip throw up, which is awesome. And then, so we were in Connecticut. So we, had, we were staying in a hotel. The guys also would want me to go to the hospital, but there's, there's nothing they could have done for me at that hospital. I'm not, I thought I wasn't going to go to a ER in Hartford, Connecticut at fucking 9 o'clock at night. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Jeez. So I got home, and I went to the doctor, and, it, you know, they have to throw your bicep off, get it reattached. And I was like, and like or you could just go about your life as a normal human without getting it reattached because it was like 16 grand. I didn't have insurance. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I won't do it. Holy shit. And then, so after about a month of having my arm in a sling and going to the gym and just doing life and shit, Mm -hmm. I decided to take the the, um, sling off and and deadlift. I just switched my grip. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, same exact way, tore my fucking bicep off. The (laughs) The other other one. one. That's so fucked. Oh my and God. that was, and I, but I was I was on a lot of shit then more than I probably should have been, mm-hmm. and I think that had a lot to do with the amount of injuries that I had for that year because it was I was doing more shit. I there was right after I got done competing twenty two times the year before, mm-hmm. I tore my pec three times. Holy shit! Not off, just intermuscularly. I didn't tear my pec off, which you know, that's <laughs> way worse. But God I had to damn, tear man. my glute and a tear my hamstring, so. It was it was quite, it was quite the year, and oh, then shit. now I find that I have they find that I have no space between my C six and C seven in my neck, mm-hmm. so they want to operate on my neck. That was one of the reasons I finally decided I was going to retire because my arms closed them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I haven't had the surgery and I competed for two years, knowing that I need neck surgery and figured I'd just quit when I did. And now I'm coming back, so fuck it. <laughs> fucking hell yeah so like the like training i mean so it's been how long since you've torn that bicep at this point uh it's going on the second year two second years year. Yeah. wow and it just like i mean do you feel it do you do your arms feel normal again or no no is it just like constant pain or like what is that like not constant but when i if i pull anything like mm-hmm. I feel it just like it just cramps up a lot. Like it feels like a severe cramp. 
Shit. But after a while, you get used to it. And at first, for a while, every time I'd feel that, I would stop what I was doing and, you know, it freaked me out a little bit. But now that I know that it's, I can't tear it off any more than it is. Yeah, so it's like, not going anywhere. Wait, can yeah, your that biceps? Was the worst thing the doctor could have told me. Can your biceps still, like, can you still work out your biceps if it's torn? Like, yeah, how does that work? You break, you break. I don't fucking know everything about it, but dude, you have a, your brachialis is in there too. That's what keeps makes your arm go up and down. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, I still do like curls and shit and, and rows and stuff like that. And when it bothers me, I just don't. Yeah, makes sense. But like atlas stones, I don't think I'll load another atlas stone for the rest of my life because that, for whatever reason, that's the one that that hurts the most. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's insane, dude! Holy shit! Well, props to you for training through that. I don't fucking know if I could do any of that shit. Honestly, I mean, would getting it reattached really do much? I mean, would it help you lift more or really again? It, yeah, I mean, because I think he said I was going to lose, I think he said 30% of the strength of my arm or some fucking thing. I don't remember. Oh, okay. But hey. But now that it's been so long, they, I don't think they can reattach them now. Oh, really? So what? Is it just floating in there? Oh, it's kind of balled up at the right up by my delt. Holy shit. Yeah, it looks weird. That's fucking crazy. Well, I figured, you know, the reason why I tore the other one off mm-hmm. was because I was thinking maybe I'd do bodybuilding and I had to keep that symmetry. Yeah. I'm going to keep that symmetry, bro. So I might as well tear the other one off. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. No, like, when the night I did that, I, the second one, I called my ex and, and, and I said, honey, you have to come pick me up at the gym. She's like, why? And I was like, well, I just tore my other bicep off. She's like, what? She's like, no, wait, you tore the same one off? Or you, wait, a new one? And I was like, yeah, I only had two, and I tore the second one off. She's like, what the fuck? She's like, no, you figure out how to get home. <laughs> That's insane, dude. I, I, I don't even know how to handle any of that. I hope it never, ever happens to me. Um, do you think it's just, it just kind of, like. If it does, get it reattached. If it does get it reattached, get it fucking ASAP. Do what you got to do. Get a fucking credit yeah. card. Be like, hey, are you paying for this surgery? I got a credit card right here. Yeah. I'll put it right on. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be my only suggestion. My, well, my, my, my suggestion would be just don't fucking do it. Yeah. Did, did you feel like your bicep was going to tear, like, the first time it ever happened? I mean, how the fuck – like, I'm thinking about it. Like, how the fuck does one tear a bicep, you know? It's just well, like – I was – I had, a, like, a weird – so weeks leading up to that meet, when I squatted and I get out of the bar, um, I would it pinched real hard in my the inside of my elbow, mm-hmm. and it was a weird feeling for me. That it really fucking hurt, but it only hurt when I was squatting. So I just you know like whatever it was over after, and it it was just it was it was painful when I squatted for a few weeks, and then I don't know if that's from the, I don't know if it was you know the same situation. I don't I don't know what caused it. I do know that watching the video. My arm, because the mixed grip, my my up hand, my my arm was bent when I pulled off the floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, so you're like flexing. on my bicep. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I know that's what tore it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if it was on its way out before that. I know for a fact the second one didn't feel like anything. Like I felt fucking great mm-hmm. with that arm. Yeah. And I think it was just the same. The same dumb shit pulling off the floor and it just it snapped right off. Jesus. Holy shit. That's crazy. 
But anyways, hey, so it's uh, it's 11 o'clock here. I'm going to go make myself some freaking breakfast right now. But, um, yeah, I should go back to work probably. Yeah, <laughs> just sitting on top of a <laughs> roof for an hour yelling in your yeah. phone about Strongman. It's fucking boss. All right, but hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I'm going to put this episode out next Friday, and um, I'll let you know, man. All right, man. All right, we'll take it easy. All right, thanks. We'll reconnect and do this another time. You're awesome. Oh, absolutely. You know, we can talk about how you're to power for next time. Hell yeah. I got a little to say about those things, too. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Let it rip. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, brother. Catch you on the flip side. See you later. See ya. Yep. for you so i hope this one is haunting you you said even if it took forever that me and you would be together and i never thought that you would lie so i admit i took advantage of your precious time i admit i took advantage of you every night that i was on the road even at home i wouldn't do you right i'll admit it but don't think for a minute i'ma let you convince me that what we started is finished or for a second that i wouldn't take a bullet to the head for you Paint the bottom of my floor red for you kissed by an angel touched by the devil blood from a nose red as a rose petal Think we're caught up in a power trip She my Kate Moss, I'm her Johnny Depp Life with a fast life in the fast lane Lights in the cab, nice drinking champagne Ice making last ice for the back pain With the knife on the dash pipe in the ashtray And we fuck with the lights off, bring a lampshade Did it twice in the room, once in the matinee uh, Hide all the fresh wounds like a band-aid With the stripes on the black suit for the campaign uh, What a damn shame King of the underworld, what a damn name Cause he killed all the other girls in the damn frame For a queen that he never realized had fangs Take a knife in the back, wanna feel my pain Make a slice in the wrist to reveal those veins I can see your face, man, I feel insane yeah. Yeah. So dramatic